hello. I'm Lori Alvarez, and I welcome you to Real Estate with Soul, the podcast. This is where I will share my story, knowledge, wisdom, and the legacy in real estate, and my family, all boldly wrapped up in one with you. So let's get started. Oh my goodness, we are back on Real Estate with Soul, the podcast. I'm so excited. We've been planning this, I'm going to say, really for like a year. Mr. Eric Paul, one of my original clients, then shifted to his lady, took him, turned into the realtor, and he's a client through her to me now because she works for me. Melissa Braha, she's amazing as well, and she's an agent in our office. Um, Eric, gosh, we met, what? 15, 16, 17 years ago? Yeah, it's probably been that long. It's amazing. Uh, Time flies. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I want to say this was in the first, actually, it has been. So it's been 17, almost 18 years that we met because you, and I don't know that you know this, but when I first started in the business, I first started working with you and Melissa. You were referred to me from an amazing client, um, and you impressed me. Because I was a baby in the business and I didn't know what I was doing. But I remember you were like, I want to go buy houses in Adelanto and I'm going to pay cash for them. And we always had to write the offers and include the proof of funds. And I remember when you drove up and met me at one of the first houses, you pulled up in your little car, right? Your little (laughs) red car. You pulled up in that and you were like just this regular old humble dude in a white t-shirt and jeans. (laughs) And you were like, hey, I want to buy a house. Okay, this is good. I'll buy this one. And then I was like, okay, great. Send me your proof of funds. And you actually had so much cash in the bank to purchase this property cash that I was like, this regular old guy can do it. So can I, Lorianne. You can do this. And you were one of my first inspirations. Can I just tell you that? Thank you very much. That's, uh, that's great to hear. And since then... I know you've invested in quite a bit of real estate and I know why you wanted to come on the podcast is because you see the value of investing in real estate. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the conversation we really want to have today. Okay. So go ahead. I know like originally, when did you first start investing in real estate yourself? Well, I think my first investment was my very first property back in 1996. Okay. And, um, I mean, I was like like many people with their first property. I was absolutely terrified. Yeah, I bought this um, condominium, and it was all of fifty five thousand dollars. I'm sure some of the people that watch your watch your podcast, uh, they probably spent more money on cars nowadays, right? Um, it's not hard to do, but at the time, this was the most terrifying thing I had ever I had ever purchased. I was thinking, oh my god, how am I going to afford this condo? And yeah, and I put a, a bid in. It was a HUD. It was a HUD repo and. I always look for value in my investments, so yeah. I, I felt I had found a good value with this one, and I took a chance, and I think that everyone needs to, you know, at some point, you've got to step up and take a chance. Yes. If you don't, you're never going to get ahead, especially in a, a state like California that's so competitive. Right. So one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that back then in 1996, my starting interest rate was 9%. Wow. Really? 9%. I, I'll, wow. I'll forget. And, um, but it didn't, it didn't phase me then because that's what rates were. Right. You know, everyone was paying that. I might may have paid a little bit more, maybe a quarter point higher because I was a first-time buyer. Yes. But everyone was paying that rate. Yeah. And, of course, on a $55,000 loan, you know, the payments weren't 
huge by today's standards. Yeah, but that was still big back then. Back then, I was on my first job, and here I am <laughs> signing for 30 years. I'm fresh out of school, and I didn't even know how long I could keep this job. You're 26, long. right? You said you were... 96, I would have been 24. 24, 24. 24, but it was either that or, um, you know, stay... Uh, stay at home and live with with my parents and well that was scarier than the, that was scarier than the nine percent mortgage right i love that you just inspired my son so that was enough to get me to sign on on the dotted line and um i don't know if i even i think it was about a year or two later yeah rates had come down a little bit and countrywide had um sent me a flyer in the mail and guess what? I refinanced, and the payment got a little bit lower, and things yeah. got a little bit better. Uh, and it just kind of started from that one piece of property. And once I I realized I could do it, yes. After that, then it just got easier and easier. Yeah, I can. I can also attest when I bought my first property, I was about twenty five. Interest rates were six percent when I bought, mm-hmm. and my purchase price was one hundred and sixty nine thousand. And I remember it was just my husband and I, and we had one income at the time. Oh, wow. And our payment was $2,500 a month. And we'd never really paid a real rent because we kind of went from his dad's house to my parents' rental. And they gave us a break for six months to save. We didn't pay rent. We just saved our money so we could have a down payment with 3.5% down. Hey, that's great. And and we were scared to death oh. to make a $2,500 a month payment. Right? I mean, I would have been too. Um, <laughs> you think back on it and it's it just seems crazy, right? Yes. How, how nervous we were. And right. I think a lot of anybody that's out there for the first time buying, and we've lost a lot of first time buyers this year. Yes. Unfortunately, um, they don't seem to be coming into the market maybe because they're afraid of what interest rates are. Right. Everyone talks about it like it's this huge jump. It's really just a return to normal, right? Right. During the pandemic, rates went crazy low, and I refinanced mm-hmm. a property. I um, I think maybe it was just before the pandemic, but when rates are low, what do you do? You refinance. Yes. And if rates aren't low, then you just stick it out until, you know, it gets better. That's right. But if you can make... Whatever payment it is that you first start with, twenty five hundred in your case. Yes. What difference does it make what the interest rate is? That's you if you're getting the home you want at a price you can afford, mm-hmm. who cares? Right. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not you know, I'm not saying like you, you should ignore it, just take whatever rate, you know, someone gives you. You should always shop for the best rate that, that is available at the time. But only one of three things can happen. If rates go up well, good on you. You got in at a lower rate. Right? Yes. So great. You should be happy. If rates stay the same, well, you got the house that you wanted. Yes. At the payment that you can afford. No, you should be happy. Yes. If rates drop, refinance, get a lower payment. Once again, you should be happy. <laughs> so if it, I guess what I'm saying is getting into real estate, there's not really a, a bad time. I mean, yeah, we've had some bubbles here and there, mm-hmm. and, and I get people are, are cautious. Yes. But we bought, I bought my, that first property with you right after the bubble. Yeah. And everybody that bought right before the bubble is now perfectly fine. Right. Right? Yes. All those properties have recovered. Yes. And they've gone past what they sold for 
initially. So yes. uh, let me give you an example on that condo. Yes. So that first condo, I told you it was a HUD repo. Mm-hmm. The original loan on it was 110000 Okay. The bubble... I guess there was a little bit of a, a bubble, or I don't know. Maybe it was the fact that it was a repo and it was kind of trashed. And sure, there had those are be, your favorite. Yeah, I know. I like, <laughs> I like to put the, the work into it because right? it's it is some work. Uh, I actually repaired the terrible mauve carpet that was in there because I didn't have the money to replace yes. it. So I had it stretched and repaired. And I think now, but I'm like, God, what a insane move that was. Um, but that house was 110 and I got it for 55 Yes. Wow. Right? So you're thinking, oh, my God, that property lost half its value. Right. Okay. But then when I sold it in 2018, this is what everyone really needs to focus on. When I sold it in 2018, mm-hmm. we sold it, I think, I don't know if you did, it was with, no, it wasn't with Real Estate Resolve yet. Uh, that was KW. When we were that was KW. KW yeah. With, with Melissa. At 338. Yes, I remember. So, yeah, it, it, even if I had bought it at the at the high point before it yes. before it went down and bought it for 110, it uh-huh. still would have tripled. Yes. So, again, if, if you can get the property that you want at a payment you can mm-hmm. afford, there's no reason not to buy. Right. And I think that's really what it comes down to is figuring out. I mean, so many times we sit and talk with buyers and I mean, I did on Saturday over the weekend, I sat down with a new set of buyers. He's very analytical. I'm super excited about analyticals because when you're analytical, like the numbers just need to match. So there's no figuring it out. It either just makes sense or it doesn't. And they'll either say yes or no. There's no, I've got to think about it. It's just, yeah, those numbers work for me. Let's move forward. Or no, those numbers don't work for me. So even whether you're analytical or not, it doesn't matter. What does stop you, though, is if you get paralyzed in the analysis of it. Yes. Have you ever struggled with that? Yes, actually, um just recently, not well, I shouldn't say just recently, but over the last five years, I think um, I was a little more bold when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And as, as we age, we tend to be somewhat more conservative in our decision making, and, and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. Um, but I was reviewing with Melissa, we were looking to purchase a vacation home, yes, and uh, outside of the country. Mm-hmm. And when I first looked at them, I, I thought, ah, you know, I don't know. The prices seem kind of high right now. Yeah. I'll just wait. Yeah. And then uh, I think it was a few months ago, the the out-of-country real estate office that I uh-huh. looked at uh-huh. sent me an email showing the price ap- appreciation over the last five years. Oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And... The cost of waiting. The cost of waiting, right? So, you know, I I, I printed it out. I brought it with me, and I won't get into what real estate office it is. Oh, it doesn't matter. We support them all. Located, you know, just for whatever reason. But basically, from 2018 to 2022, the cost has gone up by $254,000. Ouch. So, you know, I might have saved, I, I was trying to save, you know, maybe... 10, 20 grand thinking, oh, this is going to go down a little bit or, or something, but I'm an idiot. You know, in the end, I'm, it's going to cost me a quarter million dollars more. 
the, the property that they use, they show it as a value of 303000 in 2018. Yes. And now they're showing that same property at around four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's not exactly the one I would have bought, you know, and they have a, in 2018, the properties went up 24%, 2019, yeah. 11%, 2020%, 27%, COVID only 7%, and last year 10%. Well, I don't know about you, but nobody's getting those returns in the bank, right? No. I don't get that on my checking account. And now I'm going to have to pay all this extra money for my vacation home. And how many vacations could you have went on, my friend, if you would have already bought it? I didn't even think about that. Thanks, Lori. I mean, yeah. How many thousands of dollars have I spent going to other destinations into a property I didn't own? Yes. I could have Airbnb'd it on, you know, when I wasn't using it and yes. made my money back. Um, absolutely. I, I, you know, perfect example of. You better call that agent as yeah. soon as you leave and go buy that property. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it, was a, it was an eye opener for sure. And, and um, yeah. super irritating (laughs) well and i know why this is really important to you because you are an an analyzer you have a spreadsheet you do your analyzing you do your analytics i mean the reality is i know your thing is to house hack homes correct Mm -hmm. that's really what you've done over the years the last time i worked with you you were still like breaking houses up by five bedrooms and collecting rent by bedroom not by the entire house have you moved up from that what are you doing now with your real estate yeah so i i've gotten away from that okay um I just found that that there's a lot of work that goes into that. Yes. So everybody that thinks like, oh, I'm just going to jump in real estate and collect a check, uh, don't don't think that. Like any <laughs> anything where you're making good money, you've got to put in the effort. So yeah. that one takes a lot of effort. Um, however, I will say this: knowing a good realtor mm-hmm. can make a lot of that easier. Yes. Because when I first started. Uh huh. And I rented that condo out. Yes. Um, Melissa and I were living together, and I rented that condo out. Mm-hmm. I I didn't use a real estate agent. Right. I used my father. Yeah. And I had to end up... Used his dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying working with family's bad. No, not at all. We understand that. But working with someone that doesn't have the current experience is not Correct. so great. Right. And although my father had been in real estate for years, which is why I, I, I trust him, he did it part-time while yes. he was a teacher. Yes. And um, he hadn't done it in probably 10, 15, maybe more years. Yeah. And so he didn't get the right documents signed. Right. My contract was not Ouch. very good. And so I ended up having to evict a tenant that he did almost no due diligence oh in, no yeah in, in letting that that tenant in there so what seemed like it was going to be easy and a quick a quick deal actually turned out cost me a lot of money because i didn't right. use the resources available to me right also and it probably costs you more than what it would have cost to just use an agent absolutely correct? and don't get me wrong like the first time i went you know to use an agent for for leasing leasing out or property management and there was a fee i was oh my god i can't be, yeah i can't believe i'm gonna be paying this fee absolutely 100 yeah. percent worth it um in terms of screening and the other thing that a lot of people i think don't realize is the internet has made real estate very accessible yes 
and technology is great, but they have passed so many laws in the last 10 to 20 years that navigating the legal minefield of a lease or a purchase, yes. you need a, quali- a quality professional that yeah. deals with it every day. Yes. And even though I have multiple investments and I've gone down the path, I don't know what the latest laws are. Right. I watch the books that come in for Melissa for the continuing education and this seminar and that seminar and learn about mm-hmm. these laws. Yes. I don't know any of that. Yeah. So. And Melissa does. Right. Right. And your whole staff, I'm yes. sure, is, is yes. very well trained in that. Yes. So paying that little bit of money to avoid the hassles and the headaches of not doing it correctly, worth it every time. Yes. Every time. Uh, property management or having someone there, if you're going to do the management yourself, mm-hmm. to at least screen your clients, <sighs> worth every penny. And then a lot of times, if, if something comes up, a lot of times your realtor knows uh, maybe uh, someone they could recommend if you right. need repairs right. or something comes up. You have no idea. Like, wh- what do I do if all of a sudden my tenants now are, showed up with a dog that yeah. wasn't originally, you know, <laughs> that you didn't agree to or, or something like that? Who would you normally call? I mean, you, I, seriously, you can get on Reddit and look that up yourself <laughs> and trust whatever they come up with. I mean, I've seen some great things on there, but... Uh, that's not how I'm going to manage my investments. So. <laughs> because believe me, that's what the tenants are doing. Yep, they're right? Googling it and yep. they're saying, how do I get my landlord, my property owner, yep. to give me free month rent this month, right? Sure. <laughs> if I, you don't get the quality tenant in there, that's what they're doing. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you have, over the years, developed your real estate portfolio. Where do you continue to want to go? Like, what's your focus for the rest of your real estate investments? Because you said as you've gained, g- grown older, you're more conservative. So does that mean that you don't intend to invest in more real estate? Or does it mean, like, my investments are different now? I think my investments are different now. It. <laughs> There's a couple of different ways. I have never tried the short-term rental. Right. Um, and that seems to be uh, really good for some folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've always been curious about that. But I think my next step is going to be multifamily. Oh, I love that. Uh, because with multiple units, you um, disperse the risk of, of a tenant situation. Yes. And I think that the pandemic, mm-hmm. with all of the... Um, Issues with tenants and rent and uh, the um, ability to maybe remove a non-paying mm-hmm. tenant mm-hmm. or not being able to collect rent, mm-hmm. it's easier to weather those storms with multifamily, yes. right? If you have a, a four-unit, it's a quadplex, right. and someone can't make the, their payment, well, you're only out 25%. It's going to hurt. Yeah. But... Some of my single families, um, uh, you know, if they don't pay the rent, I'm in trouble. Yeah. You know, I'm certainly going to be a very upset individual every yeah. every month when that doesn't come in because uh, just the property taxes alone. Right. Um, you know, you've got to cover that. Yeah, 100%. I know for myself, uh, with regards to my investments, I like, I'm a townhouse 
property owner. I love townhouses. They're very easy. I have clients currently right now that are liquidating their single family here in California because they want to reinvest in Hawaii and get a vacation rental out there. And from the research they've done, they believe they can collect at least $2,500 a week on a property out there as opposed to $2,500 a month here. Right. So do you consider investing out of state as well? Or do you um, stay focused in I just want to stay right here in California? That's a tough question. I like having my properties close. Yeah, you do. I, we can on another podcast, I can tell you my Ohio horror story uh, <laughs> and where I learned it's very important to keep your properties close. Um, so there's that. I wouldn't be necessarily afraid but once again i would i would go back to finding uh someone that i trust in that area to do the management i yeah i I think that without having that resource you'd be putting a lot at risk Uh, but i think townhouses are great now Mm -hmm. why do you like the townhouses uh so i like the hoa because i feel like they're my property manager sure right and i'm busy building a real estate office and a real estate business. So I don't have particular time to say like, okay, I have to pay attention to the tenants every day. I let the HOA do that for me and I pay them and I just make sure the books are good, right? And the money's coming in. And so I enjoy that. I also don't have to worry about if the roof is a problem or the exterior, right? Yes, I think townhouses and condos are great i know that I some them. investors shy away because when you sit down and you do the math you have to take the hoas into right. your roi calculations right yeah. so those of us that you know sit there with the spreadsheets sometimes it's looking a little iffy but um like you said the they cover the exterior of the building and yes. those are some of the biggest expenses when you have tenants if you need a new roof if a mainline uh, water main goes out, yeah. I don't even want to talk about the the the, the gardening and the the sprinklers, the yes. yard, and then you may not know you you haven't looked at the place in a few months. You come by, all of a sudden, the yard's dead. Now you got maybe have to have a tree removed. Right. Homeowners associations cover all of that. They're also a great value for your tenants because a lot of times they cover like sewer and trash. Yes. And utility expenses mm-hmm. that those tenants um, would have to pay extra in a single family. Yes. So your tenants get a good value, yes. and so do you. Yes. Uh, which I think is great. Definitely a fan of townhomes. And I wish, well, hopefully now with the new zoning that California is pushing through, yes. we'll see more townhome communities, more condo communities popping up yes, to relieve more of some of the, you know, the housing uh, deficit that we have in this state. So I want to pivot. I know we have a few moments, minutes left on the conversation, but I really want to pivot into you bought your first property. You didn't sell that one when you bought your next property, correct? Correct. correct. You kept it. Yes. How how did you save enough money to move into the next property without selling the first one? I think a lot of people would love to know that. Wow. Um that is a that is a very tough question. A part of it was when, as the property grew in value, yes, I was able to um, 
I was able to transfer that first mortgage into a home equity line. Okay. So I eliminated my first mortgage. Okay. I had just the home equity line. Oh. But now I could pull money from that home equity line to make the next investment. Yes. And I think that's huge. Uh, you know, we, we were laughing about the, the $250,000 that I just missed out on over the last few years. <laughs> the reality of that, though, is that not only did I now, am I going to pay more? Yes. But in theory, I could use that additional equity mm-hmm. to now purchase something else, another yes. property. Unfortunately, I was a little bit younger, so it, it took me... I think when when did we do our first deal? Like two thousand eight, two thousand nine mm-hmm. yep. time frame, and I bought that in ninety six. So there was a good thirteen years of learning that maybe it's not best to use your home equity line for a fancy new car <laughs> or a fun trip somewhere. <laughs> Just caution to all the, yeah. the would be HELOC people out there that want to rush out and get that because um, they're me, available right now. Took me thir- yeah, it took me thirteen years to realize that mm-hmm. you know uh, to have a better focus. Yes, um, but that's basically how I did it. I I leveraged it. So you bought your first property, mm-hmm. and then you didn't get your next one for thirteen years. Correct. See the you have to be patient, people. Real estate <laughs> is not an overnight thing, right? Right. It's it's not. It's you're not gonna. This is not crypto, no. right? We're not we're not gambling on uh, you know the next Bitcoin yeah. or Cardano or Ripple. I mean, if you want to play that, go for it. But expect that you can lose. I'm not going to lose in real estate. I'm not going to lose. It's gonna. It may take time, but I'm not going to lose. It's no. like being the house. If you want to gamble and go to Vegas and risk your money, go for it. That's yes. kind of what crypto is, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, other people, and I know people have made a ton of money, but. Mm-hmm. There's also people that, you know, win the lotto and, and have a ton of money. So, right. you know, that can happen. But real estate, it's it's having discipline and time. And those two things will take you a long way. So did I hear you correctly that you paid off that first house in 13 years or almost paid off or you paid it off and then went into a home equity line of credit? Oh, boy. So the home equity line of credit paid off the first mortgage. Okay. And then I spent... I didn't get that paid off until probably 20 years. Okay. It was about 20 years. But again, I abused it. I wasn't... Um, well, you were buying more real estate, right? I was buying more real estate and some other toys. Oh, so, oh okay. Well, know. he just he just warned you about that. So yeah. we'll have that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a funny story about that <laughs> condo. And, and I thought, you know, like this home equity line was the greatest thing in the world. Uh-huh. when I got it because... Oh my God, look at all their spending power. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like my hubby, Eric. He's like, free money. Yeah. And I was it was, and not. <laughs> well, and the rates had come down and it had gotten so cheap, kind of like what we had recently. That I, like, what do you mean? How can I not buy this new truck? How can I not buy this? And, wait, and I can deduct the interest? This was back in the days where you could deduct a bunch of interest off your income tax. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever found. <laughs> Send me more home equity lines. Um, Let me buy more houses so I can get more home equity yeah, lines. Yeah, that was the plan. I was, I was full in on that. I was oh my take gosh! That, uh, for as long as I could write it. Uh, like I said, that's a whole nother That's a whole nother story of how I eventually got past that. But I did. I eventually paid that off. I I don't. Um, 
I don't owe money on any of my investment properties right. now. I've I've snowballed that, and it's using the money that you get in rent and not going yeah. out and you know going to Bali every other weekend <laughs> or whatever you know people do. Um, driving those yes. old beater car, wearing my jeans, my, and- my Walmart jeans, <laughs> and you know, uh, uh, I just you've got to decide what your priorities are yes. and um, focus on those. And if you do that, especially with real estate, if you're patient and you can, you can see the future, like, yeah. you know, your future and what you want in life and your goals, Yes, you can go a long way. So I want to end with this and Nolan, you might want to finish recording at the end on your camera. I want to end with this, Eric. Um, why did you choose real estate? As your and I know you do different types of investing, but why real estate? Why was that part of your real, your investment portfolio? Because it was something I could control. Oh, okay. When you buy a stock, you're at the mercy of however whoever's running that corporation. And yes. don't get me wrong, I invest in the stock market as well. Yeah. But with real estate, I could choose the property. I could make the improvements. Mm. I could pick the tenants. Yes. That gives someone a lot of control. It does. And it it really makes you feel good then when you're successful because you did it. Just like you built this fantastic business here. Yeah. And I think back to that first meeting and I was like, oh, uh, you know, here's my real estate agent. Yeah. And she's great. But then to see you now and how much you've taken that business and built it into this wonderful brokerage that you have now, I think that's pretty fantastic. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, it's it's being in business with great people like him and Melissa that has made that so possible. So tell me, if you could leave one thing, one word of advice for those listening out there, what would that be? Don't wait. Yeah. Pick something and do it, whether it's big, small, you're not sure, start on something. You can fix it down the road, but start now. Yeah, don't get stuck in the paralysis. Correct. Don't yeah, don't don't overanalyze to the point where you're not doing anything. Yeah. Until you get a spreadsheet like this guy. <laughs> right? This guy's got spreadsheets. Yeah, probably if you comment down below or ask, this guy has spreadsheets for anything and everything, and he'd probably be more than willing to share them forward. Absolutely. Because I just know you're that kind of guy. So I love being in business with you and Melissa. And, and, and I love being in business, you know, with your brokerage here, with you, Lori, Real Estate Resolve. Um, it's been a great experience after all these years. I'm still, you know, we, we've become kind of part of that family. Yes, you have. And uh, it's it's been worth it every step of the way. So Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> well, thank you for having it's me. It's so fun. And I'm going to give a big plug for mm-hmm. Melissa. Melissa is his personal agent. She is with our brokerage, Real Estate Resolved, here. And her whole bio and everything is on our website. If you go visit it at myrealestateresolved.com, you'll see all about Melissa. And this girl brings as much wisdom to the table as him because she has to go to bed with him every night. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again, Eric. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was a pleasure. I'm Lori Alvarez, and you've been listening to Real Estate with Soul, the podcast. You can follow me and check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LoriAlvarez.net. And if you haven't clicked on that subscribe button, hit it now and let's boldly do life together. 